Yo, this is Zero from El Vu and LA Natives Podcast. And I'm happy to announce that Malinali Superfoods now has a storefront location. And we invite all our community to come and partake in our family recipes, in our ancient foods, and in our intention. Our intention is to gather our community, to share the wisdom of our ancestors, but most of all, have a place to be ourselves. So we invite you to come to 4528 Whittier Boulevard in the heart of East Los Angeles. So come, stop by, enjoy our awas, our superfood smoothies, our nutrient powders, and understand that food is our medicine. Our ancestors were brilliant engineers, and they created strong, powerful foods that we share with the community. Aho, Ometeo, Tonansi, Tonato. We start out on this new road. No turning back. But we have our ancestors with us. We're going to continue to dance with them. Dreaming them. Calling them. We are becoming what we were. It is borrowed that Maya prophecies. Seven triangles of light. Keep walking. You are the spirit of Unaku. Keep walking. We the human, we are doing the spirit of Unaku. Jaguar or Fakal are getting back to their voices. They are becoming real to us and speaking to the people of the 
about who built this place and why and what they felt and what they thought about the world. These are not anonymous people anymore. You are the spirit of Unapu. Keep walking. We the human, we are doing the spirit of Unapu. A whole community. Once again, LA Natives is live Sunday. And so, yeah, if we can lower that real quick, Mondo. It's throwing me off. Okay. <laughs> Hi, everybody. What happened? Yeah, because then it'll get like a feedback. It's okay. We're still learning here, guys. There we go. So, I just want to start with introductions and to my right. Oh, hi everybody. My name is Jenny, also known as Dula Jenny. I am a traditional birth worker for the community of Los Angeles and also Zero Elvu's partner uh, for the past 22 years and the life carrier of his four children. So uh, it's an honor to be right here representing the Ometeo, the balance between the man and the woman, the yin and the yang. Um, and it's an honor. It's an honor to be here. And she's an LA native. She's born and raised in Los Angeles. 100%. My name is Zero. General Hospital. <laughs> I am a music producer. I produced the group El Vu. I did all their albums. I produced all their beats. And that group was a very powerful group in the movement that really kind of led us to this podcast. You know, and, and trying to put all the experience that I had as a musician and kind of know what kind of questions to ask our guests here. So why don't you introduce yourselves? Anyone? Anyone? Uh, my name is Itzkali Mari. Um, I'm from Los Angeles, specifically Northeast LA, Highland Park. Um, Occupy Tongba territory. Uh-huh. Um, I was raised Chicana, nice. but my roots are Purepecha and Nahua. Uh-huh. Hola, I'm Nikali. I'm a lakesider. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I consider myself Nahua Chicano. I have um, roots in Cuscatan, um, known uh, as El Salvador, for all of you who don't know. Mm. I'm trying to get more um, in contact with that culture, still discovering my roots. What's the name of your group? The Lake Siders. <laughs> nice. Well, welcome. It's an honor to have you guys here in this podcast. We can't forget the guy that makes it all happen, my homie, Armando <laughs> from the Underground Hip Hop Blog. Thank you so much, Armando, for, you know, facilitating this podcast. And, yeah, let's get into it, man. Lakesiders, right? The Lakesiders are... You know, I got to say that um, that song you guys did, and I don't know the name of it because I don't, like, try to remember that. I try to remember the feeling. Mm -hmm. It felt original. And that music is old. I haven't felt that from someone playing that genre of music in a while. You know, I've heard other bands try and do it because they're just trying to be nostalgic. But that was like from the heart. That was like real. It almost felt like you were living in the 40s or 50s and, you know, that song came out. So that's kind of cool to do that in time um, of now, especially what we're going through as you know, whatever we're suffering through right now. But what did you think, Jenny? <clears throat> of their music. I think your music is really, really interesting. It does take me back to the memories of like my mom and dad in the kitchen and that musica de amor, you know, and it's such an inspiration to see it coming from such a young 
um, young youth coming back from that. You know, so watching your video, it's you're very young in, in person, but your your spirit is very older. You know, and I just really wanted to acknowledge that, and I think that's what shines in your music is your lyrics, your vibration that you sing with your music really really hits your heart you know and it's very beauty it's very beautiful very beautiful because you guys are young too you know so it's like wow you guys have such great inspiration with music so where did your music inspiration come from um i was raised by my great grandparents my mom had me at 16 she was finishing up high school so a lot of the music that i listened to i grew up listening to um, with my grandparents music and my parents are chicano chicana so they raised me on oldies also yeah, I was also raised Chicano, so in the Chicano community, we love oldies, you know that? Mm-hmm. So, like, it doesn't matter how old you are, like, we all bump exactly. the same music. It's just part of our culture, and, um, you know, as I grew up, like, uh, I continued to listen to the music. I never stopped. And that's the music we listen to every day on a daily basis. Like, this is who we are every day. <laughs> well, I mean, I have an interesting relationship with oldies because when I grew up, gangs were still active. And a lot of them listen to that kind of music. So when you heard it, you already knew you were already in a place where <laughs> something can go down, you know? And so growing up, I had a love-hate with it. Obviously, you connect with it because it's a great style of music. But then you remember who's gotten hurt, you know, because they chose a certain life. And they associated that life with that type of music. So it wasn't until maybe my 30s. Where I really, at that time, I already, I think, matured as an artist so I can analyze things a lot more differently and then really fell in love with it. And that's when I, you know, that's what I'm saying. Like, the type of reaction I got from hearing your song was dope because I hadn't gotten that because you, you listen to classics for that. You know, the, the I don't even know their names, like the oldies guys' names. It's oldies, there's no way to avoid it being Chicano and not. Having somebody blasting it all day and all that, you know. And then, you know, my partner here, she loves oldies. And so she'll start to play them, like, just randomly, just, like, play it. And the next thing you know, I'm like, wow. I just sit back and and wonder what it was like maybe growing up in that time. Because that time was pretty special, Mm. you know, for Chicanos. Because when they migrated from the Texas area during that time, a lot of people, you'll, you'll notice that, their parents are all like, yeah, I'm from Texas, you know, and you know, like, oh, that's weird. You're from Texas. You're from Texas. Everybody's kind of from Texas because the migration happened, um, I think, at the end of the, I'm not a historian, but at the end of the Mexican-American War, everybody left that poverty or whatever destruction happened and they came to the new cities, right? Like, a lot of people don't know that Los Angeles, you know what the first street in Los Angeles is? I don't want to say no. <laughs> no, it's okay. It's okay to be wrong. That's yeah. that's a great thing. Isn't it Chapulina Street? Is it? No. no, it's Olvera Street. Olvera Street. But the full name was like La Nuestra Señora de Los Angeles. I'm sure it had a different name. But yeah. what I meant to say was that the foundation of, of Los Angeles is Olvera Street, and that's very indigenous, Mexican, whatever you want to call it. That was our meetup spot. Right. Really. Yeah, yeah, that's how that's we where first we met. met. That yeah. is so dope. Special, very special place to us. Very special. They told me a story about a tree that used to be in Los Angeles that all the natives used to come to. And I have a feeling that it's in that area, mm. you know, because there's a lot of things that happen on that street. There's a burial site on that mm. street. 
They murdered a lot of indigenous people for the land on that street. So that street is very close to us and, and is the foundation of Los Angeles. So let's get that clear, you know, with that. And that's not no surprise that a music that came out of these barrios, right, of East Los Angeles, um, you know, made an impact on, on people from, like, Japan. I mean, the, the, the oldies market is not just East L.A. It's like, it's, it's, it's not even here, actually, to tell you the truth. There's not a scene or a store that just dedicates itself to it, right? It's oldies? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, where you go, oh, that's where I go to get the oldies. I mean, you guys are, are doing something unique in a way where you guys chose a genre of music that's not even popular to, per se. Right? It doesn't mean it's not good. It just means it's not popular. You didn't decide to do it in a certain way that was going to catch the mainstream or, or right. any of that. But look at how much success. Talk a little bit about your success. What do you guys, what do you guys have done? I mean, your pages are off the charts. Thanks. I mean, we only have one original song out on YouTube as of now. So, uh-huh. What's the name of the song? Parachute by the Lake Side. Oh, and it's got <laughs> massive amounts of views. It's well composed. And, uh, and you guys have future songs that you're going to yeah, yeah, we definitely. have a couple coming up. We're really cool. excited about it. Nice. Are you guys working on something right now, or no? Something's already in the making. Yeah, something's gonna something's coming up pretty soon. <laughs> I think your fan <laughs> base is waiting for you guys. Yeah, they've been waiting. Yeah, <laughs> it's been a while. yeah, it's been a while. And the project is the Lakesider. That's yeah. the project that's gonna the come. Lakesiders, up, right? yeah. So it's gonna be an EP or a single or forty-five. Oh wow! That's wow. Yeah, we did a collaboration with our friends from uh, Mangle Hill. They're like an independent record label. Yeah, They're going to cool put friends. out two songs that we just wrote uh, recently. It's really cool. Wow. So you're going to have a limited uh, amount on those 45s? I think we're just going to have like uh, promotional like little things here and there. Oh, okay. And then you're going to release it obviously on the digital networks like Spotify. Oh, and yeah, stuff I'm like sure that. they yeah. are. And the streaming and all that. Yeah, that's, I mean, what, what? Other than, you know, obviously growing up in, in the household of a, a, a Chicano household or a household that played oldies, what else did it? What else, what else connected you to say, I want to sing like that. I want to I I play music like that. Well, it, it's a very small group of, of, of friends that we have that are, I think, like you said, we're just old souls. And this is just the way we live. This is our lifestyle. And ever since I was in high school, which is actually where the name the Lakesiders come from, I went to Lakeside High, but I always write duops in my in my head just for fun, never thinking it would get anywhere. And that's what I would do. I just love the music, and um, I moved to LA, and that's when I met her. And she saw that I was writing these little songs, and and she liked the music too. And like we we're like, wow, we like the same music. That's that's really cool. And she saw that I was writing music, and then we formed this little band. I bought him a guitar for his birthday. Yeah. One of his birthdays. I don't remember which one. Yeah, it was for that's my what birthday. started our band. Yeah. That, that female energy, you know, <laughs> it's like the female's purpose in life is to really push the man to their full potential. Oh, definitely. You know? I, I feel Sometimes those are dark moments, but believe me, we're here to just guide you guys through that moment, you definitely. know? And that all comes down from, again, from your mother or your great grandmother, and then now to your business partner, your partner, your life partner, whatever that is. Yeah. Beautiful. If it wasn't for her, I probably would have never thought of doing music. Wow. Honestly. So then, then you weren't in a band before. No. You didn't. You guys met and you guys became a band. 
Well, she was she was um, doing her own little show. She was in, in her. She was already a musician. I was just a songwriter, just for fun. And um, I don't know. She just encouraged me. She bought me that guitar and she's like, you know, I have um, faith in your songwriting. And I was like, Wait till you hear him sing. He's got a good <laughs> voice too. Yeah, she 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 pushes me, and I really appreciate sample, that. Sample, sample. <laughs> will it be on? Will it be on one of the new projects? Yeah, definitely. One of the songs. Yeah. One of the songs has your voice. Well, I mean, I have background vocals so far on Parachute. I'm on the background vocals. Um, on these coming songs, I might have some background vocals. But I'm trying to get a step out of my comfort zone, and maybe you guys will hear me sing pretty soon. Perfect. <laughs> yeah, no, no, that's always a development. I mean, um, getting up in front of people or sharing an intimate thought or experience mm. is not easy. So that's take your time. Uh, obviously, if you have somebody who encourages you in that good way and just continue to do it and take your time, man, there's no rush to doing all this stuff. Like, I, I think with... My experience in music, it never led to a major recording contract, but I learned a lot. I learned how to tour. I learned how to do it by myself. I learned how to book graphic designers. And what I'm trying to say is that once you know all those steps, then you pretty much have more cards to play with someone when they say, I want to release your music, right? Because if you're ignorant to those things, um, that's where people get taken advantage of because you don't know how much those things cost or you don't know how to prepare that for yourself. So just take your time. Mm. You have a whole lifetime. You guys are so young and so full of life and, and energy to do this. Mm. Don't let the business of it destroy you because it will. For me, it was like I never got the corporate contract. But then I thought and analyzed my music. Why would they do that? Why would, they, why would any contract person want to release a message that's being given to the majority of people that live on this side of the coast and tell them to organize and tell them to be proud of who they are and tell them to utilize their indigenous past. These are the <coughs> obstacles that we face when we decide to reclaim our true self. And so with the name Itzkali, you're doing that. In the next generation, mm. what motivates you to do that? To claim my name. Iskali. Yeah, you know, claim claim the name Iskali and apply it. You know, because you said Dasokamatli, and you say a lot of things that that are indigenous, and that's some people are shy about that. Mm. Some people don't even want to be a part of it and associate. We said one day, me and my partner and the generation that we come from said we're gonna be like that every day. This and is you're our the way second of life. wave of that. What is your inspiration to keep it going? I think a lot of it has to do with like understanding my personal role in healing intergenerational trauma. Mm -hmm. um, there's a lot of self hatred within like certain relatives in the family um, who are very far removed from their indigeneity. But that's just how deep colonialism runs, you know. And with Itzkali alone, the name. Like, I'm going to be representing who I am. I'm going to be representing my family. And it's in the name itself, you know. So people are going to get curious about where it comes from. And uh, then the rest will follow, I think. Can you share what your name means for the world? Oh, Itzkali is Obsidian House. Yeah. Nice. That's so cool. To, to add to what she was saying is, like, 
you have your thoughts in your head, like, oh, like, people aren't going to be able to pronounce our names. But then, like, we, we tell ourselves, like, people are going to have to learn how to pronounce our names, you know, because that's important to us. And, like, people try to go around it, call us different names. But, no, they're going to have to learn how to pronounce our names exactly. because this is who we are. And that's what we have to bring back. Exactly. You know, we have again. We we have four children together, and all our children are named traditionally through their Nahuac name. I don't. We don't name our children until they're born. You know, and we go the traditional route with Totonalama and everything. And just yesterday, my son just told me that when he orders or when he meets new people, he doesn't tell them their his real name, which his real name is Cholot. And he's all like, "Yeah, I just." And I'm like, "Cholot, I can't believe you do that. What name do you tell him?" He's all, "I just tell him my name's Ruben." Ruben. <laughs> and that's his name. So that really shocked me, you know. So it's crazy how, you know, we raised our children Red Road. You know, they've gone through the sweat lodges since they were in the womb, basically. You know, every month they've been in the sweat lodge since the womb. And it's crazy how the gener- this next generation has the option whether to continue these traditions and not to continue them, you know. And I think that's what my partner's saying is we want to honor that, you know. You're like, no, my name is Iskali, you know, exactly. and, and that's it, you know. And, you know, you're, the, you're acknowledging that as well, you know, like when people mispronounce these names, you know. So well, it's beautiful. I mean, it's exactly what, what um brother was saying is that, you know, you're going to find a road. It's kind of like the Richie Valens thing. You're like, yeah, oh, you're Richie, oh, Richie so, Van, and that, you know, that yeah. whole thing, right? Mm-hmm. But, you know, some people, some people are very, how can I say this? They don't care. They don't care about the depth of what you're using your art. They're going, how can I make money off of this? Yeah. How can I make money off of this? And this sounds funny. This sounds close, like, to something that's inappropriate or something that sounds um, negative. An example would be... Um, when you go into a store and you ask somebody for something and you go, thanks. And he and the, the person that works at the store says, no worries. They tell him, don't say that because it's negative. No is negative and worries is negative. So you're using two negative verbs. Right. So they can push you into that category where it's like, oh, man, no one's going to really understand or say it. It's going to have a hard time. You know, we should be this, you know, and it's some generic easy to say but you know what they really don't tell you is that once a name is suggested say say for instance you have obsidian house as your thing and i'm your manager right i need to get in on that right now it's your intellectual property your solo intellectual property but i want to work for you so i need to get in on that what do i mean by that well i need to make money off of that so let me try to put my two cents in let me try to say this and that. And then now you're stuck with something where you they own that name. You know what I mean? And you can't get away from it because you spent 20, 15 years trying to build something to that name. So stand strong to what your partner was saying in the sense that they're going to have to learn our name. Mm-hmm. You want to know why? Because mm-hmm. we're dope. <laughs> they have to learn our name. If not, then don't listen to us. And, the time and that takes now. bravery. That takes bravery, and that's my question. What motivates it? What makes you say, no, I'm going to do this? Do you feel like it's the time? Do you feel like it's accepted by others? Or are you just blindly going, I don't care, I'm just going to be this? Um, I don't think there's, like, a division between who we are and, like, our music. So, like, just keeping that name alive is, um, it doesn't separate us, you know? I also feel like we owe it to our ancestors, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And also, 
Iskali and I have never really been about fame or the money. We've just been doing this because we genuinely love it, you know? And I think people see that and we're not going to change for anything, you know? If, if, if they're telling us, you know, it's easier to just have this name or easier to be like this, you get more followers. It doesn't matter to me. It doesn't matter to us. And we're just going to be who we are regardless. And that's cool because, you know, usually have a hip hop artist say something like that, some sort of an activist say something like that. And it's a revolutionary act to go, I'm going to do myself using these because you got to think, brothers, sisters, community out there. When you reclaim indigenous livelihood to your life, you're bringing back a scar for other people. They don't want to think about them hurting you because they're not that generation. They're the generation that <clears throat> got that they cashed out on it. So then now they're nice and they have a nice home and they don't have to go rape or take anybody's land anymore. So now they want to be friends. Yeah. Right. And then you're trying to say, well, but I'm from this culture. Well, wait a minute. Oh, well, that's too much. What do you mean we raped you guys? What do you mean we took your land? What do you mean you're a generation or you're a, you're a, in my opinion, this is just my opinion. We're a, we're children. We were the leftover children from war that happened 500 years ago. That's why we have sometimes dysfunctional parents because who taught them? Where was the abuelo that had all that medicine and knew how to calm you down mentally and knew how to make you a tea or knew how to do whatever he needed to do because he loved you? What my, what my partner does for our, our family, we don't have it. So you're the next wave of it. We started it. Not started it like the whole thing, but we bought into that idea of loving yourself, loving your identity, and searching within that identity, not just knowing it. Because that's what happened in the Chicano movement. Once we found out we were Aztec, that was it. <clears throat> oh, damn. We, but tell me. Break it down. Some people went down the rabbit hole. Some. But others were content with just knowing that they came from a place that had pride. A place of great wisdom. But what was that wisdom? And how does it apply to you as a human? And that's why me and my partner decided to name our children Nahuatl names using the Tonalama. Everyone can learn how to do that. You just got to search it. Yeah. Or just ask. The math, the math <laughs> does not change just because a white man came and colonized this land. The math continues to go. Whether you understand it and know how it works is up to you. And don't look for it in a book. Comes from within. Comes from within. That's that's beautiful. It reminds me of one of your poems, Ruben. If you can recite it really fast, I come from a place that you can't see. <laughs> <laughs> well, I come from a place where you can't see. Lokenawake, I represent my ancestry, and the depth of my mind is a mystery. A warrior, a timey writing history. In Xochitl, in Cuicat, in Nemi Mexicas. These are the words that come from my heart. These are the words that display my art. I'm bringing back the ways that were torn apart. Amazing. 
exactly what you guys are doing. Beautiful. I appreciate that. And when you can do that, obviously I do that this way, but when you do it in an oldie, (laughs) and when you do it about love, it makes you... It, it, hits home, it hits you in a different form, you know? It's like, that That was beautiful. Either your poetry is beautiful, paints an image, and then you guys paint a whole other image of, oh, that love, that, that, that Sunday breeze, that, that time of calmness, you know? That time that we didn't have to be in war, that time that we were just able to enjoy life, you know? And that was the, like, second wave of, of our evolution as Chicanos. We had kids... They didn't have to go through that poverty and no shoes and racism. They felt racism, but at least they had pants and, <laughs> and shoes and they went to schools, right? I'm talking about like the Chicano movement that really brought us to the identity. But they also suffered for being zoo tutors and for liking that music because that's the way they used to find them. When it was loud, boom, that's where they are. And it's a lot of them. And so I'm sure you're familiar with the riots, right? The, yeah, the sailor riots. The yeah. sailor riots, right? Because the zoot sitters weren't the ones rioting, it was the sailors. Absolutely. And what were they doing? Do you, you, can you want to you break it down for our audience here? <laughs> <laughs> it, I don't want to put you on the spot. We were just being ourselves. <laughs> they just didn't like us. <laughs> well, it, it, they, the sailors, there used to be a, a, a Navy or some sort of a army base there, and they would right into our neighborhoods and and beat us up because we dressed funny it was a very anti-american way to dress absolutely very bold yeah and they didn't like it they actually illegal i mean they they made it illegal (laughs) well i mean that's another step that's another chapter of our story because you you think okay wow they were just really unfair and they used to come up and gang on and beat up on us and that's how the, the gang started is that Zoot, zoot clicks would click up and go, nah, they're coming and they come around this time and they come around this day, so let's all get together. Yep. You know, and boom, and they would protect themselves, right? And this is a long time ago, so, I mean, this is just a short history lesson into how we've developed as a, as a, as a people. So they use that to give us an incarcerated culture because people during that time would be arrested for almost nothing. Yeah. I mean, walking in the wrong neighborhood or you're and your friends are hanging out in a corner and someone's getting drunk on the next corner and you get busted for that. Not only arrested, but like humiliated. Mm-hmm. They would beat them and strip them of their clothes in public. So when I hear oldies, that's what I hear. I hear that pain. I hear what it was like for that teenager. And to hear it in such a youthful voice. I guess we can't ever forget that story as as Chicanos or as indigenous people because a lot of that zoot zoot time kind of started leading us to back home, mm-hmm. right? Starting remembering what where we came from and the origins of Mexico because when you can't look at Mexico without looking at pyramids yep. and that culture, and that's who we are. That's our main root, mm-hmm. right? So... When I hear the oldies and I start like, thinking about those riots and, and what it was like, because it wasn't just one day. Those riots culminated because many days of that happened, right? Mm-hmm. And then realizing that the LA, de- uh, the police department recruited from very outside of the state 
to create the police force that police Los Angeles during that time. So there was a lot of racism. Yeah. Right? It was almost like a modern wave of us fighting against colonizers again. You know, mm-hmm. history All repeats over itself. Absolutely. And many people are bringing up that subject, you know, so that that when you associate, it's not just associating the cholo, right? And other people have talked about this um, with just somebody who's somebody who's incarcerated culture, right? Because there was a step to that. They they had a plan because people of Los Angeles said, man, these they're everywhere. What are we going to do with them? And they're having kids, and they're having a lot of kids, and they're bringing more. So what did they do? They went, well, we need to lock them up. Mm-hmm. And that's how I came up in the generation mm-hmm. where if your uncle, your cousin, somebody in your family was somebody who went in and out of jail, and they liked it. They'd rather be in jail than outside. They called being outside on vacation, and they called jail home. That's the culture I'm talking about. But think about it. What generation happened before the Zutzu culture? Um, Pachuquismo isn't like specific to gang culture. Um, it's working class culture. And a lot of our people were hardworking people. That's how we got the trajes, you know. Good point. Got the good threads. Um, well, it's, it, what I'm trying to say, though, is that working class culture could afford, because they were really mimicking the, the African-Americans, the, the hepcats. The, yeah, the hepcats who wore oversized suits and mm-hmm. they were like, wow, that's kind of like us, you know, where we're like, oh, those guys here, they're wearing baggy pants. Well, let's wear baggy pants too because we're hip hop, you know what I mean? And we're just kind of like copying each other. <laughs> but you have a good point. It is working class culture because, like I told you, we came to a generation where we were actually enjoying things, yeah. right? Like, well, we can go to the beach. Yeah, it kind of sucked because there was people that were racist there, but at least we can go to the beach, right? And we had a car to go there. And we had decent clothes. We weren't like all raggedy like my, my grandparents came when they came from that journey. So the, them hooking up to defend themselves gave them a reason to incarcerate them. Once they became incarcerated, they introduced drugs. Exactly. That's and that's when the culture started to happen, mm-hmm. right? Because even in, in, in the Cholo culture, you're still in a working class family. You know, you yeah. still have a house, mm-hmm. right? You still have your room, and mom usually works, or sometimes both parents work, you know, but they work very long hours, and they don't have time to supervise what you're doing. But what I'm trying to plant the seed in is that there's a reason why the stepping stones for people like us don't get to where they need to get to because of those type of people that established themselves here in this land. And in this podcast, we're going to go over the history of that. Not to point fingers, not to be mean or anything, but factual things that happened. This is not made up. We need to know the story of what happened. And when you sing songs like that, we start asking those questions again. Because I know a brother who spent five years, a thesis on this, and he always talks to me about it. So I kind of know a little bit about the history of the incarcerating of our culture, right? Because we came by the masses here to this area. And you represent that. So, no, I guess you obviously uh, do know because he's stated with your name and how proud you guys are of being indigenous, you know, and 
So will we expect like Nawat words in these oldies songs that are gonna come out? Yes. Nice. Yep. Wow. <laughs> yes, wow. yes, yes. We're trying to get some Guzcateca Nawat words too from Guzcatlan. So the community is actually asking if they'll be performing here. Yes. <laughs> Armando, that's an Armando. Performing? Us? Yeah, and I don't, did you bring? <laughs> no, I don't think no. they brought it. Yeah. yeah, we're also going to be performing here and other places as well. Okay. In well, no, future. I think she meant like, like today, right now. Right now. No. Like people are asking you to play like a song. Our live chat is asking if you guys were I didn't even go there because I didn't see a guitar, yeah. but yeah. if I saw a guitar, I would be totally doing it. Oh. But And that's a cool thing about this show, though, is like, you know, we haven't really focused on the um, music side of things, but we're getting into the heart of it. Yeah, I right? like that. Yeah. And then, then they already know the handles of where to go and find your music and, and see your music. But we got to be, like I said, we're, we're still new. We're still structuring ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> Next time we'll bring a guitar. <laughs> there you go. There you go. It's all good. No pressure. Yeah, no no pressure. pressure. I really wanted to just. I was really excited just to talk to individuals who were inspired by that music. And now, man, to use now what words in there to find melodies with those things. I mean, that that to me is like ancient poetry. That's right? that's taking it. To a whole nother level. I don't think there's a genre out there for Nawak Odis. Is there Nawak Odis? There is about to be. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. But as of right now, Lake no. Siders, the Lake Siders. One of our next projects we're working on is going to have some Nawak words in it. Nice. Yeah. Look forward to it. So yeah. El 40 Water put Nawak with Odis. Amazing, yo. So people are really liking it. Live feed. We got 22 viewers right now we appreciate you guys all out there thank you so much for uh tuning in and um enjoying this conversation we're having with the lakesiders um two very talented in um musicians and itzkali you have a very beautiful voice yes i'm, mm-hmm. <clears throat> I'm excited for you to for your guys's new music and all the success it's going to bring and and knowing that we're talking to artists that are going to be on the same page, mm. right? Of just, you know, a lot of people go like, oh, yeah, the revolution and we got to get our land back and this and that. And it's more about just reclaiming yourself, <coughs> reclaim yourself in a good way. right? Exactly. Then you connect with the earth and then no one has to give you anything. Mm. You're already there. And if you've always walked that way, then no matter what borders are imposed or what laws are passed, you know, only you are responsible for the connection that you have on this tierra. So, I mean, it's awesome to, to, cause it, it, you know, we're talking to an oldies group, but it still has like a lot of resistance in it. You know, like I see a lot of the, the, I think the, that's just in our culture in general. I think any genre of music that comes out of Boyle Heights yeah. is going to have some resistance to it. And I think that's what we're, what we represent as LA natives, you know, it's yeah. like whether we're, oldies hip-hop reggae old school dub music Absolutely. you know whatever this is there has to be resilience this is our gente you know yeah. we are that semilla that grew out of mm-hmm. so are there are in the topics of your music the new music that will be released is there anything is it all just basically like i like love songs or is it going to be some political undertones 
Um, definitely political undertones, especially with this next song coming out. That's um, going to be featured on Snoop Dogg's new album. He's going to do a lowrider album, and he reached out to us recently. So what? Take part in it. Yeah. Did you guys just hear that? Congratulations. Congratulations. Last and last and last so last. what's the topic? Without giving away too much, if we can. Um, like, what, what did you mean by, like, you know, having, like, I guess more of a political voice? Like, are we talking specifically about a specific topic, or is it just general? I don't know how much I can give away. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> She's yeah. like, I signed an NDA. <laughs> I'm going no. my contract, see how much I can share here. But that's amazing. So you guys will actually be featured on his song, or you guys? Uh, yeah, on his album. This whole album, wow. That's amazing. Yeah, and when, an do, when does that come out? Um, sometime, I'm, think, I'm guessing early next year. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, so how do you feel with working with someone of that stature and success? Um, it was really surprising when he reached out to us. Um, but it was really cool to see how humble he was. Okay. Like, we met him in person. We got to go to his studio. And he greeted us with a hug. Like, he was very warm and welcoming. And he was really excited to, to get to know us. Mm. And uh, he, he talks to us from his personal phone, which is really funny. Because I would think that you'd communicate with somebody who, like, globally recognized, like, through a representative or something. But he'll FaceTime me, and I'll be, like, in my chongo and my PJs. <laughs> And I'm like, oh my goodness, <laughs> yeah. But Do he's I have cool. Snoop Dogg on Facebook? Right <laughs> <laughs> he's very dumb. Yeah, Snoop, is, Snoop is a real deal. Yeah, he's. Did you know that, Armando? Did you know they were about to come out with a song with Snoop Dogg? You just know how to line them right up. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, we didn't know that Taboo was going to release that monster mega hit like two At days all. before he came on our show, and now you know we got another aspiring stars here that are going to release songs with legends in los angeles yeah. music we had scene. no idea also mali was you know working with taboo or you know something oh, of that sort That's because taboo's all up in his That's page cool. now so <laughs> this podcast is definitely bringing <laughs> blessing everybody you guys are coming with some blessings we love the the native hip-hop community our yeah. our hermanos from cosmic force they've always been super supportive shout out to them and also mali yeah you know, it's weird is that, you know, Jag used my to know my niece. Oh, what? Right. Small and world. I guess they were like talking one day and he's like, you know, you know how Jag is. Jag could be very like straight. I don't know how to say it, but he's very straightforward, I guess is the best way to say it. And he's like, you know, you could tell that he's like, no, you know, I don't listen to regular hip hop. That's my, <laughs> my niece is telling me the story. So I don't really listen to regular hip hop. I listen to groups like El Vu. And like she, I guess maybe he expected that she wouldn't know it, but then she told me, oh, yeah, that's my uncle. <laughs> he was like, what? For real, it's all cool. And then so that was an interesting story that Jag told me. He's like, yeah, I met, I knew about your music before I met your niece. And I went, oh, that's interesting. Because, you know, we weren't, like, commercially known. You had to really dig in the crates for El Vu records or anything like that. Um, but it's cool that you know those you know, Ozomatli, Azomatli and, and Cosmic Force, because like I said, this is the next wave of it, right? And now you have, you know, you guys with the, with the traditional oldies music. You know, I know what it's like because, you know, m one of my first roots in music was Quinto Sol, the reggae band. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, he, we grew up together. We started, kind of formed the foundation of that band, but we all evolve as musicians and stuff like that. So, but it's kind of cool that your story 
starts and stops right in oldies right you never really were into other bands or oh you said you were a musician right you you had another project i was like a background singer and oh. throughout school high school i used to perform oh for i see like an elective i yeah. see and then you guys just said let's do it together and yeah. here we go and snoop dogg calls you and says do a song <laughs> yeah, yeah. He, he asked for a song we wrote him one so yeah wrote it from scratch how did that, make sure you get how did paid that connection that happen though i mean how did he hear you or or how was that so the story how did that goes come about? <laughs> Um, before he started, he, he sent out like a search party on Instagram. But before that, um, I wasn't at my phone. And when I went to go check it, I got a missed text. And it said, hey, it's Snoop. Can I call you? And I was like, who's this? It's like a prank <laughs> or something. So then I opened my Instagram page. And like everybody's like, te buscan. He's looking for you. <laughs> and um, so uh, I was like, yeah, give me a call. And he, he just like right off the bat was like, I like your style. Chicana lowrider style. I really want you on my new um, album because he's going to put out a lowrider album early next year. So. That's really cool. Well, that's cool. And <laughs> I know that that not only does that obviously pay because, I mean, he's that type of artist, but that'll suck if he didn't. But, I mean, Again, after, that song, after that song, <laughs> after that song, I mean, I just don't like, I, I come from the school of like, don't take advantage of artists, man. Like, just don't do that. Yeah. It sucks. You know, Armando is the only guy that really showed El Vu respect. Yeah. Like, he, he really said, you guys are just talented and you guys deserve this type of, you know, even when he just offered us a gig, it was all professionally done. That to me is like, showing the respect but there's other people that'll take advantage of you you know and we got a lot of i mean we when we played with big names like the rizza and people like that those were hard doors to open and we can't say that we didn't get taken advantage of mm. when we did it the cool thing about snoop he's giving us like total creative freedom sweet yeah he's just like whatever you guys have i, I want because he's smart he's yeah. smart he knows that there's a humongous is what we're talking about People will reach out to all of us or anybody who they feel like they go, oh, look, it opens up a door to the lowrider scene. That's a huge, huge, huge market, not only in California, but in Texas and wherever there's a huge lowrider scene. I'm not saying that it's a negative thing. I'm just saying treat the artist with respect. So I'll always advocate for you guys and, and know that you guys get whatever you deserve. Don't let no one like try to. You know, take advantage of that because I know what it feels like. You know what I mean? Because you guys have something good. Snoop Dogg doesn't call you if you don't have something good. <laughs> I mean, an original. And that's hard to do because, dang, the oldies were a long time ago. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, and you're coming with an original sound and now taking it artistically to the ancestors. Yeah. And hopefully they hear your songs. You know? They're hearing them. Yeah. No, I think they are. I think they are. You guys are super talented. Super talented. And are you going to shoot videos for these songs? I want to, yeah. Yeah? I have for this, did Snoop Dogg offer a video? Or um, is it just kind of like a single on his project? Um, I'm pretty sure, like, once the song is out and finalized, he, he'll, um, he was talking about, like, anything financially, he'll cover, like, a video or something. So oh, because you're going to get a good video from that mm -hmm. dude. I mean, you're going to get the whole nine. You're and what get we have in mind is really simple. So. That's cool. And anything we really do is simple. It doesn't require a lot. Nice. Know? Nice. Yeah, your first video is very simple. Was that in the LA River? Yeah. Yeah, yeah very simple. <laughs> black and planned. white. Simple. 
And it was that all just shot in one day, the first yeah. like an hour. <laughs> in an views, hour. How many views does that video have? have you we checked haven't checked up on it. Do you remember, Ruben? I think it's it was a lot. It's like yeah. a million, right? Isn't no, it? Or a hundred thousand? Something like that. Five, five million going to Yeah. So, I don't know. Million? Five million? I think so. You can double check one. That's dope. See, I'm proud to be a part of that. Yeah, like that's cool, hardcore. Man. And yeah. to do it just like in your first song. That's like in your first song, song, right? Yeah, that is our that's first That's the only first song. original. I mean, release. dude, I got like three videos on YouTube. I'm not even close to that. You know? <laughs> but that shows you that. that she said, aw. <laughs> no, I love your videos. <laughs> no, it's just the way you said it. <laughs> no, you know what? I, I Get it. in your that. Get in there. <laughs> no, 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 no. I, I know. You know what's cool about? What I did is that I've always wanted to make a record that would last time, a span of time, right? And so I said this story on last week's podcast where I had this young kid, he had to be 18, 19 years old, who was into certain songs. And I go, well, man, you must have been barely born if not, because we released Jaguar Prophecies in 2002. So that's... Respect. Yeah, and people still listen to that record. They still have interest in this. I have a podcast because of that record. Armando is our walking proof of how long you've been doing this for Armando. Armando, how old were you when you first heard El Vu? Uh, 16. 16 years old. Wow. So, I mean, see, that's that's the type of thing, making a connection with Armando. He was 16, you know, and I released that record, and now we have this podcast, and, and we're sharing our platform with people in a non-pressure way, in a non-corporate way, this is about the message. Beautiful. This is about your art. Say what you need to say. This is not going to be like, oh, let's edit that out. No. Hmm. I mean, because it's time. It's time like, to see you guys have so much pride in putting out music that's going to represent a dead culture. Right, because that culture is not here anymore. What are you talking? Oldies is dead, or no? I'm talking about like their identity, their who they. Because I know when they come out with the video, it's going to have a lot of undertones of indigenous stuff. That's easy to to guess, right? Because yeah. you're telling us that this is who you are. But <clears throat> I had a similar experience in the sense when I went to Mexico to do the video for Sada uh, Celestial. I interviewed with the, a newspaper there, and they said, "Why are you coming to Mexico?" Like. This is weird. You're from Los Angeles and you're coming to Mexico to release the song? And they thought that was weird because you want to release it here. This is the mega platform for everything. And they thought it was weird that we went to Mexico to release the song. And I said, and I told the lady, I was like, we're not trying to be popular. This is... This is prophecy, man. Like, we felt like, nah, this is, <laughs> yeah. you know, 2012, and we got to do this, and we put it all in there. And when we went to the sweat lodge, and when we said those prayers, and when we participated with the Peace and Dignity Run, and when we did all these things ceremoniously, that was the infusion of our music. So I'm surprised, I'm not surprised that corporate people didn't find that marketable or whatever, right? But my music still lives. My exactly. music still gets listened to, and it's, it's getting more popular now than it was mm-hmm. during the era of comfort, mm-hmm. right? Because that was during, we released during the Obama era. Mm-hmm. Everybody was cool. It was like, what are you talking about? There ain't no racism in the world. Yeah. There's a black president, you know? Oh, I feel you on that. To, to add to that, though, what you're saying is like, 
we never really cared about, like I said, views or any of that, but to have a lasting impact, you know? Like, to make a song that's going to live in the barrio, like, far after we're gone. Like, that's really our goal. Like, you hear Angel Baby, and that, that you like, instantly you're like, man, that's, that warms your heart. That's a song from the barrio, you know? And our goal has always been to just make, even if we made one song like that, that could have that lasting effect, that would mean the world to us, you know, not not five million views or how many views. It, but if we can make that one song and people could just bump and cruise to, man, that'll make our dreams come true. I think the fire has already been lit, honestly. <laughs> yeah. You know, for You're you guys to say, yeah, like for you guys, you know, let's not talk about the numbers, but think about how many hearts you guys have reached. You guys have reached 5.6 million Somebody just let me know on our <laughs> chat room. Thank, Thank you very you. much, the chat room. Thank you. Um, 5.6 million views. The fire has already been lit, you guys. You know, now you guys are on to your next, your next level, you know. And Thank you. we are honored to have you guys here before that Snoop Dogg song comes out. Thank you. Thank you. But, you know, always remember your roots and always remember your corazón and that fire is lit. Thank you. Yeah, we, we had a very beautiful comment from Rosie Hamlin's daughter, the angel baby she sung angel baby her daughter commented on one of our videos wow it was just an honor really that was like the most beautiful comment yeah what did she say that she loved it pretty much and that we did the song justice it was uh, lonely blue nights cover yeah the one with us just with two little guitars just having fun yeah i mean when you say angel baby i mean almost every it's almost universal yeah you know and so to that's a hard song to kind of even sing, oh you know what God. I mean? Like that's our top requested song. That's our top so requested song. Might be coming song. up next, right? I mean, it's like you know, <laughs> like next. That's a hard do you mean by like the sing. next couple of minutes, next <laughs> <laughs> or like <laughs> no guitar needed? Because you know, because again, your voice is very beautiful. So yeah. we have a good little twenty-seven viewers <laughs> that are. Oh, wow, we went up. Yeah, we would super went up. You know, so if it feels, well, if, see, you, if you feel it shows, in your heart to sing anything, feel free. That shows that shows you the the support you guys have. Yes, you know what I mean? Because that's a that's a lot, of, a lot of people live watching this interview and, and trying to get a piece and extract a piece of your intimacy, right? Your privacy, right? Because like, we're here and we're talking about whatever topics that we decide to talk about. You know, like I was telling you early before we start this interview, some people are very, like, you know, different about it, you know? Yeah. And uh, I just want to say thank you for being so open and, and, okay. also, and, and so natural, too. Because, yeah. you know, this isn't about how dope you are. This is... We already know you're dope. That's why you're on the podcast. You know? <laughs> yeah, we're having a really good time here. <laughs> we're honored to be some of your first guests too on your growing podcast. Nice. It's an honor. Thank yeah, you for having well. us. And you're also too, to to all the community that came from um, the the Lakesiders. Thank you for joining our network and c- welcome home because that's what we're trying to build here in, in in the Alley Natives community. Is these are the people that we need to go listen to. These are people we need to buy the shirt from. This is the people organize it in a way. It doesn't need anyone to dominate or be the CEO or or have that kind of structure. We're just here because we're a familia and we always come. And it's nice when the Eastsiders, the Lakesiders come. And it's nice when Azomali comes and everybody else because we're all one familia. And yeah, we're all friends, too. Yeah. I mean, cool. Jag and, and, and Threat, man, we've been on the front lines together. So, yeah, we, we love all of you. Right family. on. Shout out to those guys, man. They they work really hard on their music. They really do. It's really they're, impressive. Yeah, they're they're super super professional. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. So 
<clears throat> so is there any questions out there they want to ask them? Questions. Ghetto Palm Sound just put, I love what you guys are doing. Much love. Sub one put, any music with the censors coming soon? Uh, yeah, we're doing the collaboration in the Mango Hill record. Yeah. yeah. Okay, you That's actually going to be on Snoop's album. They're yeah. helping us with that. Really nice. excited yeah. about that one. Wow. Yeah, you hear good, that really good guys. Jason Joshua, you know. It's cool to work with other guys. Chicanos too. The Sincere is all good, good people. Are the, those are the engineers or composers? Um, they're a band called The Sinceres. They're from East LA. Oh, okay. Yeah, but they also, um, Joey Quinones, he also um, yeah, he, he produces. produces oh, okay. So he's helping produce the. Yeah, that guy's like a, a mastermind. Genius. <laughs> genius. <laughs> yeah. Can, really you guys, can you guys maybe uh, share, like, you know how Ruben was saying that you don't know some of the names, you know? Can you guys possibly share some of the bands that influenced you guys? Oh, Ooh, like from that's back fun. in the day? Yeah, yeah, way back in the day. Because you guys are both from, you know, the Boyle Heights area, and there's so many bands that came out of that area on top of, you know, all the traditional OD bands. So what inspired your guys' music? As far as primarily indigenous artists, Richie Valens, for sure. Richie Valens, number one. Um, oh, I like that you said that. Yeah. Yeah, he was indigenous. Yucky. Yep, yucky. Sweet. Rosie <laughs> Hamlin, of course. Rosie, Rosie. and the Originals. Chicana. Mm-hmm. You know, we listen to mostly... Um, the bands that influence are Chicano, Chicana bands, you know. Mm-hmm. A lot of them are underground, but like the Carlos Brothers. The um, Sisters. The Sisters. A lot of stuff on Delphi. Um, man, a lot of... Um, really, we just love like the really raw sound of kids jamming out in their garage like back in the day. Cause we call them barrio ballads. Yeah, barrio ballads. Stuff barrio that comes sound. out the barrio. Because there's a lot of different types of oldies, you know, but... The songs that were recorded by, you know, Chicanas, Chicanos, it has that barrio sound, and that's what we love. It's, it may not be the, the most... The, the, the I can't afford the good microphone. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> that I have to record in Rosie my mom's and We record everything restroom. with one microphone. <laughs> we yeah. record from our, our little garage studio that we, we set up. Yeah. That's what I love about it. It's like the, some of the best music comes out. When we talk about El Vu, some of the... The whole album, I think, got recorded in our shower nice. in Santa That's Cruz. Perfect. There you go, you know, make it into an idea. echo chamber. <laughs> we had a one-week-old in the in the background. We're like, yeah, we could do this. <laughs> That's cool. That's what I mean. It's like that. That I guess this is the salt and pepper of making a, a project that people continue to listen to because you know that you didn't have the luxury of of maybe the experience you had with Snoop Dogg. I'm sure that his studio was nice and had yeah, it's a spaceship. It's cold sodas spaceship. in the refrigerator. <laughs> <laughs> it's a spaceship. Like, I walked in there, and it was all blue, and, like, I thought I was on a different planet. Like, no, it's like, like, it looks it like looks a spaceship. Like you are, mijo, you were. And I think I was a little bit because of the smoke in the air. You know, I got a little, you know. Yeah, yeah. That's cool. Well, and I, and, I, and I'm, I'm glad that, that you're around people that know how to bring out that sound. And that's what I mean, because you could get put with a producer that doesn't have no idea about what an oldie is. He just knows how to record songs. Yeah, right? like we have stories about that. Right. <laughs> I, I'm sure you have your experiences with that, because <clears throat> not everybody knows all musics. But when you get somebody specifically, you know, specializing in that, mm-hmm. then that's where the magic starts to happen. You know, because I know when I did the song with Rocco, I saw a different way of recording. He was just very aggressive, hearing the beat, writing, and like you're just looking at this individual and his process. And when you have somebody, who did you mention that was a producer? That was like a... Joy Quinone. Yeah. Yeah. When you have somebody like that, he already knows 
the anxiety you're feeling. <laughs> yeah. He knows he doesn't want to put you in a studio that you're going to be overwhelmed in where you're going to be like, oh, my God, I'm going to I'm wasting time. I'm, I can't get the note. No, he was real good. Yeah, it was beautiful. As soon as I started getting a little nervous to sing because I'm kind of shy, he turned down the lights and set the mood. And I was like, all right, cool. That's and he was like, guys, matters. leave the room. <laughs> he had other people leave so I could sing and like, it was comfortably. Just, it was also beautiful just being around, you know, your own people, too. You know, it, it was beautiful. Like, everyone there is, like, either Chicano or something, you know. But it it was beautiful because we've been to studios where, like, you don't feel comfortable. You don't feel at home. But these guys, mm. you know, it was beautiful being there and seeing everyone doing their, like, all their talent. It was amazing. And it's just, I look up to them a lot. And yeah. we, we want to do our own stuff, too, like, uh, recording-wise have our own studio like that's our goals well that's cool that you guys you got embraced by the previous generations you know the the ones that said we got to help these guys out because you know it wasn't always like that Mm. we come from like i said children that were orphaned Mm. and so we fight a lot and we sometimes don't care but once we start to get into a place where you have that kind of connection with individuals who maybe did it before you and are trying to mentor you in some way or our age. That's the cool part about oh. it. Yeah. Oh damn, I'm totally No, everybody's our age. It's really magical. It's I see. This, gen- I this, see. this next generation, Ruben, I'm telling you. So we had to pick up the pieces. Yeah. You yeah. know what I mean though. Yeah. No, yeah. No, yeah, for sure. It wasn't uh, it, in in our time it was like we were two in a race to be the first one. Right? Oh, the first one instead of working together. Mm. And that's been the the repercussion of taking parents out of the home even if they're there sometimes they're out of the home because they have to work a lot or Mm -hmm. they're going through whatever they're going through so i i like one of the lines that that lemon from quinto sol had um had wrote and he had wrote to the sense that i have a mom and dad but they're being cloned to do something i'm totally against you know what I mean? The philosophy, maybe the church, maybe overworking and not having a life. And, you know, like, like the working class parents that you talk about from the Chicano. I haven't met any of those older people or, or generation that said that they didn't work a minimum of 15 hours a day. Okay. So if you're working 15 hours a day, where's the time for you, one, and for your children, two? You love them. You care about them. And that's the decision that I had to make because I was a workaholic myself, but I went, no way. It's going to end with me. It has to end with me. I have to know and look into the children's eyes, my own children, mm. and let and then them know who I am. Like if you were to bring Shalot or any of my kids and ask them who I am, they oh, yeah, my dad makes music, my dad. Mm. We have a connection. Our 20-year-old actually learned the Angel Baby song through the guitar. He's a great musician and a great songwriter and a little bit of everything. He loves oldies, actually. So that's some great exploration. So I guess my point is that you're getting embraced by the, you know, whoever it is that's guiding you through this journey. And and there's some sort of a community that's starting to form. And that's this podcast and obviously being a part of your music. Because it's, it's no longer just hip-hop or, or, or oldies or rock or whatever it is. that We're a whole mass of people who have different customs, different ways of dressing, different ways of talking. I mean, we just talked to Mike Bone, who was from, like, Oklahoma. <laughs> 
who sounded like they were from Oakland, <laughs> <laughs> who were Christian rappers, oh, who were native. Like, it's a, that's what I love about it, though. That's no judgment, man. No judgment. Shout out to Mike Bone, man. Thank you for that interview. in all shapes and sizes. Yeah. <laughs> but and we're all representing one thing, and that's that is right. Bacha Mama Motherhood. Mm -hmm. There you go. That's right. That's our universal, that's our universal uh, connection. connection is this, this earth that we stand on that's and, and how she applies to our daily. That's very important to us. Actually, we plan on the future. Like our name's the Lakesiders, but we have a deep connection to water, you know, and we mm -hmm. want to promote, you know, the protection of our waters, especially fresh water because, you know, it's endangered. Mm -hmm. We want to make that a big part of what we do as well. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean... So you're gonna evolve into another name? Is that what you're saying? Or oh no, just like you know. Well, well, lake lake ciders. Yeah, lake you know. ciders. You know, I I'm an aquatic person. I love fresh water. I love the ocean. Just to you know promote protecting those waters. You know, and it's it's wildlife, Absolutely. especially frogs. You know, a lot of people. <laughs> <laughs> he just threw that in there. He's like, especially <laughs> frogs. A lot of people don't know that there was an Indian tribe. Ah, fuck! I forgot the name of this tribe. My. My producer who helped me with my video was working on this project on how they took all the water from the resources of that land to bring it to Los Angeles. Oh, I guess I, I'll remember it, community, the name of this indigenous group that fought for land or water rights. Or somebody will let us know in chat room right I'm now. Sure, I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure they will. But uh, yeah, there, there's always been a struggle for that. And the truth is that it's everywhere. It's in the air. It's in your being. And so that's that's what I mean when when people start to say land back or I want the land back. Well, then what they're saying is I have a deep connection with this land. I understand the purpose of water. I respect the wisdom of air. Right. And the power of my own fire, which is really electrical charge or light. Right. That's a science of our ancestors. This is the depth of their thinking is to know that we'll never know, but we can experience and document. Yeah. And that's who we are. That's what mm -hmm. when you tap in genetically, that's how you communicate, because we kept telling them that you keep killing us and killing us, but we keep coming back. And they didn't understand that. They didn't know what that meant. Mm -hmm. Right. They thought, well, well, you're. What do you mean you're coming back? You're dead and I'll kill your son and I'll kill your daughter and I'll kill your daughter. And, and we keep telling them we're going to come back. You can't kill the blood that lives inside of us. Like that quote, they try to bury us, but they didn't know we were seeing. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And that's the thing. That's that's the resistance of your music, mm -hmm. the style, the history of it. It's a really deep music to associate yourself with. That I personally had to just admit that I have a love-hate relationship because it had, comes with a lot of violence for me. Mm -hmm. You know, it, it, I just seen people get shot, shot in front yeah. of me, that kind of thing. Yeah. In, in that time where I grew up in the 90s, it was a very violent time. Yeah. But to hear it with Nawa, to hear it with a beautiful melody and intentions that come from pure souls like yourself, old souls like yourself, mm -hmm. I can't wait to hear it. Yeah, I, mean, I can't wait to hear that expression. Thank you. Thank you. I mean, a lot of people um, listen to oldies and immediately um, think, you know, cholo or gangster. Absolutely. But that's comes from specifically like the 90s. You know, you lived through that. Mm -hmm. um, but I feel also like 
Richie Valens and all, all these Chicanas and Chicanos creating music at the time were like normal teenage kids, you know, they weren't, their intentions weren't for people to get shot to their music or, you know, it's music of love. And that's exactly. what we want to bring back, you know, because exactly. it is a music of love and to change that, you know, mm-hmm. so that people, when people listen to this music, they, they can feel proud and, you know, slow dance instead of going on a drive by or something, you know. Yeah. <laughs> change the perspective. A change the perspective. Bit. Exactly. Yeah. Which I'm, I'm, I mean, nowadays in, in 2020, uh, it's weird to see that, like that cholo thing, is more funny now. People use it in a comedy thing now. Like, I'm Spider from so and so, and I do cholo exercise and la la la. They they like it's almost like they took something that back in the day you wouldn't mess with Spider at all because he would take your money and beat you up probably. Yeah, yeah. But I don't want to associate your music with just that. I'm just saying that's a time that I grew up and that was my experience. But hearing it in the in 2020 and to hear it in the way you're going to do it is exciting and hopeful because indigenous people revolve around love. That's right. A deep, deep love, like a, a mysterious love that's yeah grandmother's love grandfather's love when you say grandfather's love you know what i mean when a male says grandfather's love that's you're breaking what do you call it interracial intergenerational um, intergenerational intergenerational trauma trauma when the male says my abuelo i miss him because before it would be like i don't know i don't know my dad he's even talked to me Right? Imagine going through a whole life not talking to your dad, and that that's happened. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, no. One of them. <laughs> right. Oh, so you've, you've had that experience. Yeah, that experience. See what it's like for us as indigenous people sometimes? It's, it's not a curse, though. It's not. It's our medicine. It's your medicine. It's your power. I understand that. It's your power to go and manifest love from nothing. That's the power of the universe. To manifest love from nothing. I was lucky enough to have a grandmother for a short time, and then she was gone. And I'm not saying that my mother didn't love me, but there was a lot of trauma, lots of trauma. And that trauma gets in the way of this mysterious love I'm talking about. right? But you guys invoke it with your music, your voice. That's dope. It's all about love. Absolutely. Well, what's the most famous thing is the Azteca carrying his dead woman. It's like, no. I never knew the, the, the name of that native. But anyways, I understood it. I understood that picture because when you love somebody. You understood it. <laughs> you understood the carrying of well, I mean, I understood the, the, how much you could see it in his face, how much he loved this woman, and, like, she's gone, right? That's like an oldie. Yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. That's like a killer oldie right there. No. So yes, that, there you yeah. go. I'm proposing the song right there. there you go. Can you please write a song about the native holding the woman? That'll be the album cover. Yeah, when I was, there when, we go. When I was 10, I really bought into that love right there. I wanted to have that kind of love. Exactly. I always had those... Um, like posters up on on the wall mm-hmm. growing up that's like vintage <laughs> East <classic>. LA. <laughs> all these vi- collections vintage yeah but kobe has pinned on the wall like a backdrop yeah. all these <laughs> yeah. 
calendarios right there at the supermarket. So they all they all gave that image. And in a weird way, when I was a kid, around eight or nine, I started just, why is that guy dressed that way? What is that? Yeah. You know, and that's the spirits talking to you, you know, the, the blood starting to, you know, put in, plant those seeds, you know, because like I said, you have to develop this love out of nothing, mm. you know, and... I think the most powerful warriors that come during this time, during this time of need or whatever, which we call artists, have to be masters at that and not take their life personal, right? Because they weren't cursed. You weren't cursed because you didn't have these things. You were actually strong. And so the creator put you down here and he goes, cool, I know you can handle it. And that's you guys, your music. Jenny with her birth work, Armando with his incredible hip hop blog, and and my humble music and poetry. That's right. Absolutely, I would love to do a song with you guys. That'd be dope. Yes. I'll go deep, man. Yeah. Like, we'll, we'll go thousands of years back, you know. He's <laughs> got like a bus of flow. There you go. Oh, oh, she's flowing with Snoop Dogg. Is that the rumor? <laughs> Is that the secret? I don't know. Flo you have sings, to find that. Plays the guitar. She does it all. All right, chat room, you guys. We have a lot of comments on chat room. Um, but head three two three. We're waiting on that Bobby D concert. Ooh, Ooh, yeah, there's talks of us going on tour in 2021, sometime yeah. in July. Wow, yeah, congratulations. Yeah, let's awesome. hope everything so, goes well. All right, Ghetto Palm Sounds, will you both ever have a romantica song in Spanish in the future? Ooh. Queremos una canción mm. romántica. Yes, yes, yes. We love romántica. style. Yo. Yeah. We did a so yes cover. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a yes. That's a yes, for, for sure. sure. Uh, Ghetto Palm Sounds, that B-side from the 45 is fire. Oh, thank you. (laughs) Yeah, we did that. Tericolas cover. Yeah, the Faltaras Tu or something. Si me Faltaras Tu, everybody's all about it. He loves that type of music. Uh, Mongo Hill Records, for sure. Mad respect. Bring awareness. Water is life. And everybody's all about water is life. Yeah. So you guys have very good live chat feed, for sure. Cool. Thank you, guys. I wish I had my social media, so I would have brought more. My little... (laughs) Friends. It's all good. This is an intimate. You know the the the, the could share this. The, the cool thing this. about this podcast is like that. the success of it is the after, right? Like when people hear it after we do it. You know, this is just a really relaxed environment. I want you guys to be yourself, and it's kind of hard when you're shy and you don't, yeah. <laughs> and you don't really. I know what it's like to to be interviewed and not. You know what to say, but then you like once they ask you that question, you forget. You're like, oh. Uh, and you try to bring it right back. Yeah. So that's what I'm doing as a host. <laughs> so yeah, we're naturally quiet. So hopefully, hopefully I'm trying to bring out. But me as a host, I have to like try to bring that quietness out. Like I mean, we're, if not, we're just gonna be looking at the camera. I don't think I don't think the chat room will be blazing like this. But I'm glad that your supporters are are we showing. Obviously, the record labels on right. We Mongo love them. Yeah, we on. love them. You guys got a lot of support out there, and that's that's a ama- that's an amazing accomplishment. A blessing. We yeah. have the best supporters, man. Like, <laughs> like I, I don't usually go on the comments, but when I do, like they say some beautiful things. It makes me want to cry sometimes. You, I love y'all. Nice. nice. Keep, keep the comments coming because okay. they're inspirational. Again, we're breaking that oh, yeah. intergenerational trauma. You know, our men are are. That's a whole other podcast right there. <laughs> There's some weird people too, though. Oh. 
Oh man, there's always somebody who has a unique <laughs> talking style. about the balance of life. It's okay. Hot Cheetos. Is hot Cheetos a big thing in your in your crowd? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Growing up in Boyle Heights, Chicanos. yeah. Chicanas in general. It's the tour sponsored by Hot Cheetos. By hot and Cheetos. Cheetos. <laughs> that was made by a brown man, though. So. Oh really? Yeah. Who who like else? Who who else is gonna be on the tour? What tour were you talking about? Um. So the talk is. It's called Let's Groove Together. It's going to be um, hosted by Bobby D okay. and Snoop Dogg. Uh-huh. Oh, Snoop Dogg's Uncle involved Snoop's again. Army, yeah. Oh, yeah. nice. You're so he's really wing. getting... You're riding underneath his wings. <laughs> That's cool, man. When enjoy you the ride. Yeah, enjoy the ride. He, he's going to open a lot of doors for you, and, and hopefully you can stay grounded in the sense that, you know, when you get to those ste- you know steps or stages or st- just trust yourself, you know, and... And continue to live your life in a good way, and you're, no one should to distract that because sometimes success coming real quickly, you know, could confuse people and and stuff like that. And hopefully, and look at see community, they're here on Alley Natives. They're about to be big, and uh, look at how humble they are. So don't ever forget how humble and shy they are. Look at them. <laughs> I think our cultura balances us out. That yeah, yeah. Way, that's for sure. Right? You no, know, yeah. I think I think you guys are off to a good step. And you know, you guys definitely have a good grounding foundation behind you guys, you know. Just don't forget that whenever you guys feel lost and stuff, remember who you guys are representing, yeah, you know. We'll never do something that we don't feel comfortable with, you know, that, that makes it, that changes us. us or doesn't align with us ever. Like like I said, we don't really care too much about fame and fortune, yeah, that type exactly. of stuff. It's more about what we love to do. Yeah, I mean uh, that those are those are always good morals to have, and it, they just sometimes come with repercussions. You yeah. know what I mean? And so be wise about it. Yeah, you know, and know and know that you know you're young, and these opportunities come quick, and just make the decision that feels good. Exactly. And and know that you're not responsible. No one group, no one speaker, no one organization is responsible for curing. 500 years of genocidal acts on indigenous people that's never going to happen so continue to live your life if you have a good opportunity and and you feel like it's not going to compromise anything some people may not like it that's what we dealt with a lot in in the early 90s when we started speaking about indigenous issues like oh look he's going to go do this and he's he's sold out and he's gonna get out of the all that stuff do not listen to that stuff do what's right for you and your family and your career. And, and know for your that, corazón. Yeah. Yeah. That always, always. We're just ex- excited to like expand our platform so we can help in more like um, effective ways. Like, uh, fund certain organizations or indigenous communities that need the help. And that feels wonderful. genuine. And that feels genuine. That's all you have to do is contribute. We all got to contribute. That's it. When we go to Sweat Lodge, everybody brings, I bring a watermelon and so-and-so brings a pozole. Everybody brings something. And that's how, that's how, that's the biggest strength that we have as indigenous people is that we have the ability to call a meeting, have a family cook, whatever it is, and everybody will be responsible for bringing something. And as long as we do that through our art, we inspire those that have not been born yet or are still developing. And when we reach those plateaus of self-awareness, pride, not ego, pride, and understanding and connection, then that's when things change innately. There's no need to say, 
we need the land back. If you don't know how to hunt on the land, there's no need to say we want the land back. We don't know how to search for water. What are we doing to make those connections? Because I know for sure when the colonizer came and tried to take us and incarcerate us or force us to live a life, there's people that ran away. And they needed to know that. They needed to have that connection with the earth. They needed to know how to find water. They needed to know when not to eat and meditate and just breathe. They needed to know how to connect with the fire by waking up at six in the morning and being there when it comes sundown for four days. Those are the connections that bring the land back. No white man's going to give you your land back. You get your land back by connecting to it and connecting to the message. So that's cool that you're going to do that with your music. We're totally proud of you as a community. It's very obvious on our chat. You have a lot of supporters and you're doing good. Not really. El Super Javi 76 put what's up zero. What's up, Javi? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Um, now I'm getting lost for words here. What do you think? What should we talk about now? Mm, let's talk about something. Any surprises? Any Anything uh, other than, well, we already covered the tour. We covered your Snoop Dogg. Um, Do you guys personally know Butthead 323? Do you know who that is? He's all about the frogs. He's all about the frogs. Something about the frogs? What's up with the frogs? Oh, we oh. could tell him that story. <laughs> <laughs> do you have a pet frog? Yeah. We, yeah we do you know. do combo? or <laughs> You know what combo is, right? I haven't done it yet. Okay, yeah. but you know what it yeah, is. Yeah, we know what it is. It involves a frog yeah, people, for the community. <laughs> people ask about um, where the name Lakesiders comes from, or where, what, what's the deal with the frogs? You want me to tell them the story? <laughs> what's the frog thing? Well, okay, so I used to live in Lake Elsinore, this small town. And uh, at my house, there was, like, always frogs, like, jumping all over the place. And I went to Lakeside High School, right? So that's where the name, the Lakesiders, comes from. And I just saw, like, the frog as, like, the, you know, like a mascot. You know? Okay. So oh, is, frogs that, are everywhere. is that your guy's logo? No. Yeah, that's, I mean, yeah. It is? Oh. Yeah, cool. and like also we, we just see the frog as a bridge between water and earth, you know. It's, it's a sacred symbol Amphibia. to us as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so amphibians cool. in general are that bridge between water and earth. And that's why in the in the Mexica calendar, you know, Sipatli, Sipatli, mm-hmm. right? Sipatli, the first one that came out of water into land. Exactly. Right? That's that connection, that reptilian connection or not reptiles like the conspiracy theory <laughs> but just in 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 the, the the evolution of of our of our animal kingdom and animal life that's dope but yeah sepatli is like yeah. or sipatli or yeah. means one the one that came out of the water into the land so that's cool the frog is the logo the yeah. bridge between land and bridge water between yeah. bridge between land and water life. pretty deep I, and I just, I just, I can't, you're telling me all these things. I just cannot picture oldies and I just can't wait to hear the songs now. Because, <laughs> I mean, 
that's not traditionally what oldies are really about. Like it's all about like love stories and, and stuff like that. But now these, these topics are, I'm, I'm interested to see how you're interweaving them into, into what you're doing and to get very famous people to support you. I mean, God, Snoop Dogg is like the biggest in Los Angeles. You know, he's a, a legend. Yeah. A lot of people don't know that parachute was actually a, a song about sobriety not just an ordinary love song. I mean, I it was is just about to ask that, like, to yeah, other what? people, whatever it you know it resonates with them. Yeah, parachute's actually the name of my turtle. <laughs> What's oh. the name of his turtle? Yeah. Shall we tell them the story? Yeah, <laughs> of course. I'm pretty sure your fan base wants to hear where the inspiration. I, they probably came already from. know already, yeah. but everybody's all like, "Oh, it's a mino song de amor, and it's all about a frog." And <laughs> it's about a turtle. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think we're weird now. Mm-mm. That's okay. It's okay. <laughs> no judgment. Um, but years back, I, I had a, like a really bad... I struggled heavily with, with alcohol. I was an alcoholic. And at a young age, too. But when I met Iskali, she like helped me through that. And she got me a pet turtle, which I named Parachute. As It was like a symbol for sobriety. You know, as long as you have this turtle, like you're going to be sober. Take care of him. You're going to be okay. And, you know, I did see Parachute as that, you know, and it did help me. And I was sober. And um, we flew out to New York to record the song. And um, things, uh, we, we were supposed to record a song, but things weren't, like, going the right way. And, like, I, I was just, at this point, I wasn't having it because my parents had called me and told me that Parachute had, had died. So I, I kind of took it deeply. I was like, man, like, so I just had to be by myself. So... I go to this park by myself, and there's, like, a bar right across the street, and I'm just thinking, like, man, should I just take a drink? I really don't want to be here right now. And I just sat there and um, staring at the sky. And I didn't have a phone at the time, huh? I didn't have anything, so I don't know how Iskali found me, but I was, I was thinking of, of music in my head, thinking of a melody. And I thought of a pretty good melody, and I was like, oh, I have to go back to the studio. Maybe this could work out, you know? And then, like, Iskali comes out of nowhere, and she finds me, because we have, like, this this connection where, like, I could be miles away, but she, like, beep, 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 <laughs> and, like, she'll find me. But, yeah, and then, then I went back to the studio, and the producer, they already know what happened. They're like, hey, why don't we write a song about, like, your turtle and, like, everything that's happening? And we wrote the song on the spot, and Iskali was... was they're singing. He was on the, the piano. And we, the, the song just was just made there and just then. Just came together like in half a day. Yeah, and the song was about, you know, staying sober and, you know, that story. That's the story of sobriety. So it has that sobriety message into it. Well, I like this, uh, the story of loving yourself. Mm-hmm. That's right. Like loving yourself enough to take a pause on something that's hurting you. Yeah. That's a good story. Thank you for sharing that one because... I know a lot of people in the LA Natives community who listen to this podcast struggle with that. I know Jag is a very um, devoted person to sobriety. Yeah. And um, that's that's inspiring. You know, I, I you know, everybody deals with alcohol. That's what they used, you know, and what better. That's what I I, I kind of remember being a kid. And then even just looking at the stories, because I do like look at history and, and you look at the teenagers and they're just kind of wanting to numb themselves with whatever tools are given so to take a stand like you and jag do and do that is commendable you know and 
and then put it into your music, you know, like, cause that must've been so sad yeah. to have your symbol of, you know, achievement, right? Cause I'm sure you stayed sober for a very long time yeah. Yeah. and to see that, but that's what I love about the creator. A lot of people go like, oh, wow, look at how sad and tragic, but you're, you're, you're there. You're put in that position to experience, understand and not just because life is not the enemy. It's your perception of life. And then you become your own enemy. When you start drinking, you start doing whatever. And then the creator goes, okay, you're doing good. Now let's take this. From you. Let's see if he could keep it up. Right. Let's see if he learned his medicines. That's indigenous mm -hmm. philosophy. That's indigenous thought. Taking the challenge without it being personal exactly one makes for a joyful and look at what came out of it mm. yeah, i feel like the, the biggest song yeah. ever right? <laughs> i think <laughs> ever i mean so yet. far so yet far. yet i feel like the creator will, will send you the same lesson more than once you know i always feel that way and you have to you have to know to to not fall back to the same you know things you're making mistakes on you know, overcoming your own mistake. And that's what I mean. Like, when you defeat your own self, that's what they call it in the Nahuatl. Understanding. Is that to defeat your own self. It's to be humble to the experience that's happening outside of you. In other words, even if an individual's upset, he's upset for his reasons. And they project that onto you. It's the same kind of oppressive thoughts that we grew up with being a part of a genocided culture or a, a culture that's been imposed with genocide, right? You have to take a stand and really, really, really think about this road. And, that, and that's cool that you guys do it in that way. And don't be afraid to go through those type of things because that's what inspires the art, right? That deep, confusing almost leading you to break your vow right unless you did or maybe you did and that's okay that's what i'm trying to say it's okay to make these mistakes but dust yourself off and don't ignore that you made a mistake you made a mistake that's why in in the five sons um story it's an animated story. You can find it on YouTube. I love that yeah. video. Right? Yeah, I've never it. seen one place where it was all tranquil and beautiful and no one made mistakes and no one. It was an obstacle course that was trying to take your life in every turn. So you must be aware and learn from those mistakes. Mm -hmm. And that was a beautiful story, brother, and how you apply it to your life. And hopefully that inspires many others out there that are struggling with that kind of pain. Yeah, if there's anyone out there that is struggling, I mean, if you do relapse, if you do make a mistake, don't, that, that doesn't stop you from, that doesn't negate, like, all your progress that you have already made, you know? Just just keep going. Just keep going. Like, people feel like if they if they make one mistake, then it's done. You know, everything's over. Like, they, they can't keep continuing that battle. But, no, that's just, that's part of the battle. Mm -hmm. That's part of the battle. It takes a lot to come out of the dysfunction. Because the dysfunction feels so comfortable sometimes. 
You know, that's what the Buddhists call addicted to suffering. That's, that's, tr- that's very true, especially in our in our communities. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Alcohol is like you know, the number one. Yeah. The number one drug that you know the colonizers put into our own communities. You can find that in every liquor store. Yet you can find our own ancestral superfoods in the exactly. own liquor stores: chia seeds, amaranto. Mm-hmm. You know, spirulina. you can spirulina, exacto. So, being aware of that is very important. Our community suffers a lot from alcoholism, and that's the interesting part of it: is that the 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 more you eat the ancestral foods, those the spirulina, the amaranto, the maca the chia, mm-hmm. all those things, the more you drink, the more you less, the more you even want alcohol. Literally. You just like don't even want it. I did a whole research on nutrition. I was taking care of, um, again, I do a little bit of birth world. Women's health mm-hmm. is my main topic, but nutrition is um, just such a big topic for me. And I was taking care of a few clients that were suffering from alcoholism. And I was able to reverse a little bit of that that addiction just through nutrition you know there's a major nutrition gap when we are working with alcoholism issues you know so just feeding the body certain foods that the body is lacking in was possibly the longest that that individual ever went without drinking and he went i think eight months without drinking oh that's beautiful i strongly recommend like if you want a drink that makes you feel good yerba mate really good <laughs> that substitutes the same feeling <laughs> it, it makes you feel good it'll, it'll yeah. put a smile on your face i mean it's just it's it's it's, it's not a, it doesn't Ruben's have no alcohol that or anything it's just a little caffeine but you know Ruben's if you want to drink something day. drink yerba mate i, Ruben's I on just that drank every two day. of them and if you can the traditional way is much better yeah the corg, yeah, yeah. traditionally yeah. in the corg is yeah. always the best, it's best a, way. yeah i got my own yeah. little setup I remember you know. we were we were recording evolution. We'll start drinking it next week. We'll bring our corgs <laughs> yeah. and all our traditional stuff. Yerba mate, we're big on that. Yeah. I remember uh, recording evolution, and we were in the studio, and we were in there like late. You know, I don't know why we record so late, and it's not comfortable, and you're all kind of stay awake. But I remember my buddy bringing the gourd, and then he's all, "I'm all, what are we drinking?" And he's all, "Oh, it's yerba mate." I go, okay, cool, but, you know, I'm, I have never really drank it before. He's all, don't worry, dude, you can go to sleep right after. Don't, don't worry. It's like, cool. All right, cool. Start drinking it. It's bitter. Yeah. And I was just like, boom. We were, like, recording, and it's like, we were just talking. I was get work done. It was really, really strong. And then I wake up. It's like the lights out in the morning, the crack of dawn. But I liked it. And I guess, yeah, yerba mate. That's the best way. It's natural, mm-hmm. and and you get a good sensation. And it's and it's from you know it's traditionally from I think Argentina or something like that. Yeah. Lots of minerals too, vitamins. Mm. Yeah. And I think that's what gives energy. So when you start to address your body with using these foods like chlorophyll, spirulina, maca, chia, cacao, even hemp as a protein, you know because we're plant-based, mm-hmm. pretty much a plant-based family. Uh, it took a while, but it took a lot of nutrition to get us there. And when you add that nutrition, it will make a lot easier. It will make it a lot easier for you to leave things that are harming yourself, like alcohol um, and stuff like that. So we'll get more into depth in, in future podcasts about nutrition. And you can always follow us at the Malinali um, Superfoods IG page. Um, and Jenny will type that on the chat, and she has a chance. Um, but, but yeah, it's it's come. It's it's almost that time. I guess I'm getting my producer to tell me that 
We're, we're about 10 minutes. Got 10 more minutes to talk to the Lakesiders. Minutes? What are we talk about in 10 minutes? We got, <laughs> we got chat room talk. Okay, let's do chat room talk. Um, sup, fam, we are running on Indigenous time and ran late to the show. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, we can. Uh, you can always catch our show as a replay through all our major networks um, once our famous producer, Armando, gets everything going and then it'll be on our all our feeds. Spotify. And then we and also you can always got, catch yeah, it on Twitch, right, as a replay as well. to you guys all. Well, it was it was really amazing I'm having all, you I'm guys. All like, hey, ten, the last ten minutes, <laughs> <laughs> I just want to say anything. <laughs> it was really cool. Feel inspired. To, <laughs> it was really cool to have you guys come in studio, come in studio, because in studio interviews are a little bit funner and you're not guessing and cutting people off and even though that happens sometimes here we're still growing so please thank you so much all our community of la natives uh, please follow our pages at la natives um, on ig our twitch forward slash la natives and um, our youtube channel subscribe um, we're working really hard on getting some merchandise done. We're working on the... the oh, what are we giving away approving. today? Oh, are we going to give something away? Are we, are we doing a t-shirt? Are we doing the... Oh, yeah, we got to give that away, too. Oh, is it the t-shirt? Want to do the t-shirt today? How are we going to do that? Do we have emails? Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay, so we want our fans to subscribe to our website and we're going to show you the shirt and we'll do the, the raffle next week. Right. Okay. So you're going to get, uh, if you could pull it up, Did you push it up. Okay. Make America indigenous again. Shout out to Richie 1492, um, indigenous 1492. And that is our next gift here. So please subscribe. If you haven't subscribed already, um, to our website, where all of our info gets disseminated and our next guests get um, introduced. And and we keep it close like a family does so that we can, you know, all become and, and reach that goal that we always dreamed of, and which is a community that recognizes each other, respects each other, loves each other, does not judge each other. And that's still possible. They can't take everything from us. They can't take our spirit. They can't take our, our intention. That comes with that intention was planted thousands of years ago. Our abuelos would not have made pyramids to remind us of that. That was a very, very difficult task to do, but they did it because they believed in it and they believed in their art. And we believe in your art, Lakesiders. Thank you so much for coming down and sharing. for having us. Sharing time and. Your, your story and your intimacy, brother. Like, continue on your journey of, of healing and and know that you have a brother in me and in this community and in that community. I mean, it's evident. Look at the thank chat you, room. Thank you. thank you all. You know, honestly, from the bottom of my heart. No worries, man. We're, we'll, we'll be back when you're, uh, I guess you'll be back when you release your, your song and you have your. Uh, let us know anytime. We love to Private driver drop yeah. you off. No, I'm just yeah, I, and I'll bring I'll bring the guitar too for for the, the chat. Oh, see, so yeah. here we go. Yep. Confirmed. He's gonna bring the guitar I'll next time, it. and he's gonna sing. 
I don't know about that. <laughs> well, maybe just a little bit. We'll see. We'll don't see. be shy. Don't be shy. You we'll guys see. are great artists and keep doing what you're doing, Lakesiders. Uh, thank you for joining our LA Natives community. And uh, keep going and, and know that you got a familia here. Um, you want to say anything? to all our relations, past, present, and future. So just remember that we're one community and we struggled for a very, very long time. But we are here. But we are here. We are strong. And those abuelos that came before us had a very strong intention for those that are living right now. And in this time, during this specific moment, it's community that will see us through community and the love that lakesiders write about that mysterious deep love that we all think they're talking about a girl but it's really about a turtle <laughs> no, it's really about self-love and a frog <laughs> there's frogs involved too so a lot of metaphors behind your music man you guys are talented individuals thank you very much for being on our show we're honored oh oh we'll see you next sunday Lasso, oh ho.